You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Hello, everybody. What a beautiful game we've just watched. Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiacos FC and Greek football. My name is Peter Thompson, back on the podcast today, here with Costa Lianos. We are very excited. We're in a good mood. I've got my white claw hard set here. <laughs> We're going to celebrate a massive, massive result that we have just picked up um i i don't even know where to begin costa but like i just i i guess we i i I couldn't be more surprised i have to be honest with you um it's been a very a very tumultuous start to the season for our team and and this has been the result of the season so far we were all saying one one maybe two one we're we're, we'd be lucky to get a result in turkey it's a tough environment the fans were loud it felt like football again it was very hostile and we come in and play some of the best football we've seen in a long time. 3-0. Beautiful, beautiful from everybody. Gosta, what do you have to say about this game? I mean, it's funny how a season transpires every year because the beginning of a season is always difficult. Let, let me give you an example. Tottenham defeated Manchester City on their first game in the Premier League. Uh, they went on to win two more games with the same score of 1-0. And now they've scored. They they've lost three consecutive games. So Crystal Palace with, and Arsenal and who else? And Chelsea. Chelsea and Chelsea. Chelsea. Right. Three nil scores of three nil. They started so well, and now they're in well, not tatters, but it's it's problematic right now. It's and up and down. C- yeah, and look at City. They started with that loss at Tottenham, but now they're back at being at calling themselves Premier League title contenders. I mean, they beat Chelsea as Beating well. That's Chelsea. Huge. And Chelsea have started strong, and now they've gone and lost to City and lost to Juventus. As you say, it's so it's it's so hard to judge early on. Greek fans are very reactionary, us yeah. included, and so it's very easy to say, "Oh, what is Martins doing? He has to go. He needs. We need to fix this and that." But at the end of the day, uh, Martins looked like a genius today. Costa, what were your thoughts when we saw the lineup as well? Because. Um, <laughs> Costa Levoyanis, I believe, said we might be in for a surprise. I don't think he tipped exactly precisely what we would see, but the lineup comes out and everyone is saying Masuras right back, 3-4-3. Ba, Cisse, and Socrates are in the team, and the game kicks off, and we are seeing it's actually a a 4-2-3-1, I guess you would say, with Ba as the right back, and then Masuras, Henry, and and Agibu in attack behind Tiquinho. What were your thoughts when you saw that and then when you when we turned on the game and we see what's actually happening? Well, I mean, just like I told you guys uh, before the before kickoff, I told you this has all the makings of either being a gigantic balls up or a <laughs> massive epic success. Yep. For Olympiacos' sake, it was uh, scenario number two. 
I was just baffled seeing Ba in that position. I will not criticize Usainu Ba because he doesn't play that position. You can't. Yes, yeah, I mean that's he what did. He knows. I he guess like he knows. yeah, we can get we can get this out of the way. Like I had words for Ba in the previous podcast. Like he didn't play great, but it's not his. Like he's playing out of position. Like he had a horrible cross, and you can say, "Oh, Ba, what a horrible cross!" But you can also say, "Martins, why are you putting a player who can't cross in that position?" But at the end of the day, um, it didn't matter too much. Um, he was subbed off at halftime, which was probably a good change. Uh, we can get into that a bit later. But yeah, a, a bit of a forget a, a forgettable performance from Ba and, and an interesting yeah. move. But I mean, really, it, it, did, it just didn't matter that much. Well, I still there are some things I still don't understand about Pedro Martins in terms of the fullback situation, which has turned into quite a drama ever since Omar El Abdelawi and Costas Tsimikas left. Yeah. I yeah. don't understand why Karbovnik didn't just start. Or Lala, Kenny Lala was so good. Yeah, so let's talk about there, it. Which we're gonna get, which we're gonna, <laughs> uh, you want to talk about it now? You want to talk uh, about it now? I'm going to get my victory lap out of the way because uh, people have been talking down Kenny Lala. Is this the turning point? Is this when, when he comes around to what we thought he was going to be? He was such a great player in France for so many years. We know he has it in him. Maybe it's... Uh, a system thing maybe it's a mental thing maybe we don't know what it is but he's been very disappointing and then today he comes on at halftime nobody's expecting it everyone's saying Karbovnik for Ba Karbovnik should have started and Lala out of nowhere we thought we thought he was dead he hadn't been making the bench he's the new Drager where is he and then he comes in the team he puts in a great shift at right back really involved in the attack does everything he needs to do for 45 minutes He's he's setting up for us to see more of him, which is really exciting. Hopefully he can keep it up. We still do need to see more uh, because it's been a lot of disappointment. And then, you know, this one good performance from him. But I just want to say, Kenny, I never doubted you forever, forever. I will always support you, Kenny, uh, through all the hate and all the all the fans calling him a coat. Um, really excited to see him come on and, and play well. And hopefully this is the start of something good for him. It was a tremendous performance from uh, Kenny Lala. Kenny Lala is a, is a, is a player that ha does have a lot of experience from uh, Liga. It didn't really work out with Olympiacos recently. I, is it a turning point? We don't want to fall in the same trap that we just set up, so explaining how important yes. it is you know, to keep to just remain calm at the start of the season. It's, it's very common to, uh, to see your team underperforming or overperforming in, uh, in the first few uh, stages of the season and then you know, everything go in, uh, the exact, uh, in the exact opposite way. Uh, this is huge for Olbiakos because uh, I wrote a blog post about how, how important it is that Olbiakos are lacking fullbacks. But it seems like there is a bit of a change going on. Rebchuk got that huge goal yeah, against man. Antwerp. Huge goal in which he... It was an amazing goal, A. He scored it with his bad foot. He gave Olympiacos a huge victory. Without that victory, there would have been a situation where people would be discussing Pedro Martins's future. I guarantee you, Absolutely. if Olympiacos hadn't won that game, people would be talking about Pedro Martins's future before that game with Fenerbahce. I don't know if we, if we would have still won that game, but it would have looked pretty bleak for yep. Pedro Martins. And it does seem like he is kind of turning it around. He needed that. Players really need that moment that will spark a fire under their asses. And the it confidence. really looked like that. It did look like that was the moment for uh, Reapchuk. Kenny Lala, is this the moment he gets, um, he gets that spark? Well, Seriously. I mean, who, 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 who are Olbiakos playing next after the international break? Is it Panathinaikos? Um, 
We have Panathinaikos. Is it? I think I almost wanted to this say weekend, this weekend. Isn't it? It's this weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so, well, let's see how he does there. Yep. And actually, Costa, we have a comment that I have to address. Alexandros just has told us uh, they they've won fifteen hundred pounds. Uh, I, <laughs> you see Diddy. this? Uh, Diddy. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you. On the you. game. Wow. That's that's actually that's tremendous. I, I kind of want to hear more. Did you just bet on the result? Did you do a big parlay for like Masuras to score two goals and, and Tequino to score a goal and clean sheet? <laughs> that's fa- that's that's incredible. I want to hear more. Let us let us know. But um so yeah, I mean, either way, um yes, hopefully this is a big a big turning point for Kenny Lala, but um, another player that we have to bring up, I think, is is someone that I said in, in our chat, Costa, is uh, arguably the most underappreciated player in Pedro Martin's career. And Alexandros said he put $100 on the exact scoreline. So there, that is, that's, that's ballsy right there. I, I rate that from you, Alexandros. Congratulations. But um, yeah, the most underappreciated player in the Pedro Martins era. And that is, has to be Yorgos Masuras. Yeah. Yeah. God, I just, I'll tell you what I, I impulse ordered a Yorgos Masuras Jersey after he scored his second goal. I'm not going to lie to you. Why not? That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. We, we know we've always known the, the mentality is there. The work ethic is there. He puts in, the dis he puts in the work when nobody's watching he tracks back in the game he cares he wants to win for this shirt for this team and uh we saw today two absolutely brilliant strikes where his mentality and his his effort and his awareness of the game got him in the right position to score off the rebound twice uh and and his skill that he's been working so hard on his technique got the ball in the back of the net two times today. And he was also involved with the first goal that uh, was scored by Tiquinho. So we, we have so many things that we can say about Masuras. <clears throat> Costa, I know, I think you had tweeted or, or texted us um, about, you know, basically saying uh, JVS, are you watching, right? Like uh, he needs to be, he needs to be given a bigger role in the ethnic East. So what did you see from Masuras today? Um, just a beautiful performance. I mean, let's all admit this. Uh, when we think of Olympiacos' greatest ever wingers, Masuras may not, is almost definitely not in the top 10. He may not even be in the top 20. I mean, we don't remember. He's not the kind of guy you remember like Djordjevic, Yanakopoulos, Galetti, Miralas, Joel Campbell, uh, Bebis. He's just not... In that category, I'll admit he's not an exciting winger. He's not the guy who gets the ball and dribbles past five people, breaks into the box, passes it to the center forward, and he gets he gets the big goal, and we all go nuts. But he gets results. He's a quiet winger that gets results. He's a fighter. He's a soldier. He he, he doesn't give up on the pitch, even when all the, the entire team gives up. He doesn't. Yoros Masuras is. A very underappreciated player in so many aspects. I advise Olympiacos fans to enjoy them, to enjoy him while they can. This was the ma- the biggest match of his life. It is not his last big match. There's going to be bigger performances out of Masuras. And uh, I will dare say that Olympiacos will soon get some big offers for Yoros Masuras. He's going to be the next one. 
I don't know from where. I don't, I'm not sure if it's going to be Premier League, but maybe Bundesliga, Serie A. He's La still Liga. young. He's still young, but I feel like, you know, his ticket is coming up soon. So, Olympiacos fans, enjoy them while you can. Now, as for our beloved Greek national team, <laughs> um, I do not understand why Yoros Masura is not one of the players JVS would like uh, would like to build. I don't understand why he's not one of the players JVS would like to build the team around. He's not really that much around in the starting lineup. He comes off the bench quite often. There's not. It feels like he is the kind of guy you really need in your starting lineup. You can have your Bacasetas, you can have your uh, Hadziviakos, you can have your Pavlidis, but by God, you also need your Masuras in there. He is one of the most consistent performers Olympiacos have had. And screw the, the Greek Super League. I mean, let's, not, let's forget what he's done in the Super League. In Europe, he has been so clinical in all and the so big influential. Moments. Getting goals, getting assists, participating in goals. It's huge. This guy needs to be in the starting lineup, just like Stelios Yanakopoulos was, just like Yoros Karagounis was, Katsuranis, Delas. Uh, he's that kind of player for the Greek national team. I don't know why he's not. To be honest with you, I'm very much looking forward to that Georgia game to see if he's going to be in that yeah. starting lineup instead of someone else. But I do not understand why he keeps being so underestimated. I under he's not the most exciting player we got, but he gets results. Absolutely. He's like I said, he, you know, he's had his moments where he's been up and down, but so many times we can talk about PSV last year. We can talk about Arsenal the year before last. He's been there. Um, he always knows when to show up. And today was just another example of that. He was truly excellent. We missed him so much. A lot of, I think, the problems that we had in the last few weeks can be attributed to him being out of the team. And so, um, to have him back is is just so important. And uh, yeah, absolute. I mean, I'm going to spoil it now. He's going to be my man of the match today when we do man of the match at the end of the podcast. Of course, um, yeah. uh, brilliant performance. We have a comment from Costa Levoyanis who couldn't make it today. Fantastic win. Gutted can't join you boys tonight. Has to be said. Thankful that Pelkas shot hit the post at 1-0. Mm -hmm. Oh, Pelkas. You can leave Pauk, but Pauk will never leave you, as I always like to say. Pelkas, once again, leading a losing effort for Fenerbahce. He actually played all right, to be fair to him, but obviously I'm going to get my get my jokes in, get my jabs in at Pelkas and Pauk. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a nervy moment. It has to be said in the first half, we didn't exactly play brilliant football, Costa. Um, it can mm. be easily forgotten because we had a great result and we really turned it on in the second half with some of the changes that we made. Uh, but there, you know, the first goal was very fortunate. We came on the counter and and we, you know, Agibu Kamara played a great ball in to Masuras that eventually um, resulted in the ball getting in the back of our net. But in reality, um, it was difficult in the first half and uh, Fenerbahce could have easily came back and scored if the game continued that way. And, and thankfully it didn't, but definitely it seemed as if we had a, a bit of trouble passing the ball, uh, a bit of trouble stopping them you know when they got in the final third they had a few set pieces so um you know it's it's definitely easy to forget about that and we we really patched it up in the second half which is encouraging to see but yeah i mean um a bit nervy in the first half there huh well i mean uh first off when it comes to pelkas i have to say i really admire this player uh he has really taken this opportunity he has uh, at Fenerbahce from the hair 
Uh, he really stood out last season. I am totally rooting for him, just like I'm rooting for every Greek player playing abroad, such as Christos Jolis and Dimitris Yanoulis at Norwich, who are also doing really well. I wish him the absolute best, and I insist that Pelkas, just like Masuras, should be a major chapter of the Greek national team, two very young and talented players from which the Greek national team can get a lot, and I am very excited to see what he's going to what he's going to do, not only at Fenerbahce, but anywhere. Like, I wish him the absolute best, and I hope we're going to see even greater things from Pelkas and, every, and all the Pelkases in the world. Now, as to uh, the first half, uh, that goal from Tiquinho was so crucial. If Tiquinho had missed that, this game could have gone in, in, in a very different direction. Agibu Kamara was so influential today. He took, he participated in all the goals. Uh, an underrated and very quiet uh, transfer that had Francois Modesto's signature, just like all the others before him from the African continent, from Africa, that is, of course. Uh, just like Cissé, Ba, Kamara. <laughs> it's amazing how this keeps happening. Uh, and, you know, keep him coming, I say. Um, we, we covered the whole Usainu Ba situation. He shouldn't have been playing there. No one can blame him for underperforming. He did what he knew as a centre-back, playing as a right-back. Uh, it's very important to address the fact that Olbiaco struggled in the passing. It's good to, uh, to, uh, to praise Olbiaco's after a big victory, but there needs to be a few warnings because Eintracht Frankfurt are coming up and the passing needs to improve the passing in midfield the passing from defense to uh to midfield uh the, the when you find your space you need to take full advantage of it Agibu Kamara took advantage of it in the goal but in later stages he didn't when he had the chance of finding Tikinio in the second half his pass was too strong and went straight to the Fenerbahce goalkeeper but having said all of this Pedro Martins may have completely screwed up at right back, but by God, he got the midfield so right. The pressing was incredible. The pressing from the midfielders and the, and the defenders who pushed Fenerbahce back forced yeah. those errors and created so many chances. The pressing tonight in both halves, not just the first half, was incredible, was exemplary. They were They were so... Just rattled, you could tell Fenerbahce, especially the back line. Madi was really applying a lot of pressure very high up on the pitch. Um, he nicked it from the defenders a couple times. He almost did it a couple more. Um, and as you say, you know, the entire the entire choice of players and choice of pressing was was very strong. And I think Adi as well had maybe he tweeted some stats about Fenerbahce's PPDA against. I can't remember, but if check Adi's Twitter. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, like the Madi, Madi would put in so much work today. You could see at the end of the, the game, he was absolutely dead tired and needed to be subbed off. But, um, you know, that's just a product of, of how he was. Fetondo says Madi was bossing everywhere. What a player. Absolutely. He was all over the pitch. Excited to see his Y scout heat map, uh, when that drops tomorrow and, and, you know, Buhalaki say what you will about him, but he also did put in a lot of work in midfield, um, we saw Kunde at the end of the game, and he sort of was a part of that third goal, I believe, uh, coming down the right side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the pressure seemed to really catch Fenerbahce out of their element. I have to be honest, and I mean this in the least offensive way possible, but I really wasn't impressed with Fenerbahce. Even when we were playing poorly, I think they were also not sort of into it. And maybe it's just a product of Olympiacos playing very good football. But um, I, I, uh, 
I think we looked like very solidly the better team, especially in the second half today. Well, um, I have to say, I spoke to Aris uh, a few days before the game. Uh, we had a, uh, we, we texted, and I told him that uh, Fenerbahce, pressure is on Fenerbahce. This is the kind of match Fenerbahce really needed to win. It's in Turkey. You got your fans. They're going to create an intimidating atmosphere for Olympiacos, who were not who weren't playing like underdogs, but this was a game Olympiacos could afford to lose. Like. If it had gone the other way around, Olympiacos could have said, you know what, we're still in this, you know, nothing's over yet. Whereas now pressure is on Fenerbahce because now they're thinking <laughs> it is looking a little hard for them. They, there was a lot of pressure for them. I think it was too much pressure. I am not going to dare say they underestimated Olympiacos. That I do not know, but they did concede very, very uh, early. Uh, you had a great show with uh, Rezan Yetis uh, the other day. Really yeah, it was awesome. It. And she yeah. had such great input and such a great analysis about Fenerbahce. And I got to say, I was a bit surprised with what I saw because I expected much stronger defense from mm-hmm. Fenerbahce, who only conceded, what, five goals so far in total? Four? How much is it? Something Not like that. Not very many. Not very many. They conceded three goals in just one night. Uh, I have to say, I was I, I was surprised with Enel Valencia's performance. Didn't see much from him there. Uh, and just oh, like, a lot of like, crying and whining and yelling at the referee for well there was a little yeah. moment where there was a little moment that you know one could say maybe he was diving i mean Rebchuk got done for diving but i'm not yeah. gonna dwell on that um it did seem like fenerbahce were quite toothless but olbiaco should counter lucky stars that that pelkas uh, shot didn't go in that could have been a huge and major turning point to the match because they had just found tempo fenerbahce and then a while later olbiaco's turned the tide with their goal. They didn't turn the tide with a chance or with by playing possession or by playing tempo. They got it with that goal. Uh, but but overall, I have to say that um, Vitor Pereira does need to uh, go back on the drawing board on this one. Fenerbahce have so much quality. I am not writing them off. There is one, there is a return leg at Karaiskaiki. They have so much quality in that team. Mesut Özil will be there. Will be back, uh, yeah. Because he was uh, just dealing with the flu, based on my information. He that's wasn't that's what I've heard as well. Yeah, he's, He still needs some match fitness, but I suppose he's going to be there. And Fenerbahce cannot be underestimated at all. So much, so much quality there. Olympiacos can celebrate beating a really impressive squad. But I feel like Greece is going to be a completely different uh, different story. Well, they have a lot to prove as well. And, and as yeah. we've said many times on the podcast, we... Olympiacos under Martin seem to have an affinity for going away and getting a big result. And sometimes it's the the game at home when, for whatever reason, uh, things don't come as easily, especially for teams like Fenerbahce that are very accustomed to playing in, in hostile environments with with very loud and, and you know, hooligan fans, as they say. Um, it's it's not like a, a shocking experience for them coming to Karaiskaki. And so... Uh, and, and yeah, I think they're going to have a lot to prove. As you say, Ozil is going to be back. Um, and we obviously know the talent of player he is. So it should be a very interesting game. Uh, I'm already looking forward to it. Um, this one was, was obviously very entertaining in, in the first half until the goals started to come. It seemed like it could go either way. So, you know, obviously very happy to get this result. Um, so proud of the players and of Martins today and, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess I guess we should give a shout out to Vachlik as well. Uh, he 
he had some excellent saves. Um, there was one, was it when we were up two nil? Maybe we had just scored the second goal. I want to say, and they they had come down. Yeah. And he uh, he made a great reaction and dove up and stopped a, a point blank attempt on goal. I forget who it was from, maybe Rossi. I don't I don't know. But um, I think it was Rossi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and so he he made so many big plays. He's very calming at the back. You can see how experienced he is. Um, this is the type of player that we wanted. This is what we what we were seeing when we saw him in the Euros, and now uh, we're seeing it for Olympiacos. So very excited to see him come up with a big game, maybe his biggest performance uh, since coming to Olympiacos. And he he very much earned the clean sheet today. It's amazing how Olympiacos are so good at picking goalkeepers these, uh, these past, this past decade, really. Truly, when yeah. Nicop when Nicopolidis left, Costanzo came in and he was, um, he was a tragedy. But then ever since Balas Mejeri took over, there's been such... Such an impressive group of goalkeepers coming in. You had Roy Carroll, you had Roberto. Uh, I liked Stefano Scapino. I don't agree with the way uh, everything ended for him at Olympiacos. He wasn't the one to blame for that loss to Aik. It was a team. It was a team effort that night. It wasn't just Stefano Scapino's fault. And then you had Jose Sa coming in. When that chapter ended, of course, that, that, that left a huge gap between the sticks. And here is Vatslik. And after Vatslik, even when Vatslik's time comes, there's Jolakis. It's, it's so amazing how Lubiakos are finding, oh, are, yes. find, are so good at finding, uh, finding solutions between the sticks. Uh, and it's not a given. I mean, Chelsea did struggle in the last few years, uh, to, just to name one team. But Vatslik was incredible tonight. Very composed, uh, incredible saves, uh, dominating between the sticks. He had uh, at least two big saves. He had that save you said you mentioned from Rossi, I believe. And in the first half, there was a shot by Valencia uh, that uh, that Vatslik uh, saved. He he inspires so much confidence uh, and uh, maybe a new chapter for Olympiacos right there. Uh, the way I see it in general for Olympiacos right now. I, I told you, I told you guys about it before we went on air. If Reapchuk slash Lala slash Karbovnik, all of them, or at least two of them in each wing, manage to reach a, at least something close to a top-level performance in the big games, and Gary Rodriguez proves to be a successful transfer, then who knows what this team can do? In my opinion, a serious Olympiacos based on what we just saw, serious Olympiacos, they can top this group. And it's important to top this group because remember, the second, whoever finishes second, plays with the third team from the Champions League to get into the last 16. The third team, the, the, whoever finishes third, goes to the conference. But Olympiacos are too good for the conference, in my opinion. A serious yep. Olympiacos should push for number one. They should tell themselves anything other than number one is a failure and push for it. Eidracht have proven that they're not an invincible team. They can be, you, you can cause damage to them. They just made it past Antwerp. Well, and they Olympia. drew with Fenerbahce in Germany. Yes. And recently. they almost lost. They almost yeah. lost with Pelkas' missed penalty. Almost lost. Yep. So Olympiacos need to go for the jugular in this match against Eidracht. You want to beat them. You yeah, want to and... impose your will immediately. And that would give us a chance to be five points clear on top of the group halfway through. If we beat Frankfurt, we would have nine. We would have nine for nine, and they would be on four, uh, as they're on four <clears throat> right now. 
So it'd be an absolutely massive result. Um, we've already, you know, done well. Unfortunately, Frankfurt did nick a last second penalty, I believe, today. Yeah. Uh, to to get through, but you know, even then, um, Fenerbahce have gotten one point in two games. Antwerp have gotten zero points in two games. It looks like maybe they will be going out, but um, you know, being on on top of the group, having achieved six points in two games, is is great. Um, if we can get three points in Germany. I actually don't know if we're in Germany, but if we can get three points when we play Frankfurt uh, next time around, that would be absolutely massive. It comment is in from it is in Germany. Okay, it is in Germany. Yeah. Um, okay, and a comment from Agelos Del uh, Vatchlik is better than Sa, better with the ball and feet and reading the situation. Sa only better at reflexes. I think I, I think Vatchlik is definitely better with his feet. That was probably one of Sa's weaker points, and um, Sa I think is maybe better at reflexes than Vatchlik. I still need to see more though, but I think the, the the thing we forget often is Saw came in and it was very much we didn't know what was going to come of him. He was not. I think he was back up to who was it? Yaniotis at the time. Yaniotis, Andres Yaniotis, and yes. and so that's not really saying much. He was in on a loan. He was sort of disillusioned from Porto, and um, eventually he fought his way. and And it was a real surprise when he became the goalkeeper that he did, and now he's starting in the Premier League, of course. Um, and Vatchlik is a much more known quantity, a qu- much more known quantity um, as a player. We've seen him in the Euros. We've seen him for Sevilla, winning the Europa League in the past. So um, it is very nice. Um, yeah, another, but, uh, but but Jose Sa got a, got an. I mean, speaking about the about his feet, he got an assist in the Premier. League. He did League, have an uh, assist to Raul, for Jimenez. Raul Jimenez. Yeah, he got an assist. So I mean, his his foot his feet weren't weren't that bad. <laughs> Well, they maybe have gotten a bit better, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? No, but Jose Sa was a top goalkeeper. He left a huge gap uh, in between the sticks. Sticks Vatslik is in. It's very good for Olympiakos and for Greek football that such a great goalkeeper after a great Euros came over uh, to replace Jose Sa. And there's Jolakis in the back burner. Uh, so, so as Lakas I said, is the future. He, he is the be. future, and he needs to be the future. He will be the number one for Greece and Olympiakos, I think. Uh, I don't, I don't know about Greeks, that's, but he needs to be at Olympiakos because we got Athanasiadis in Greece as well, right? He didn't get called up. Surprise, surprise! Athanasiadis and Kolovos did not get called up. I don't think Despite... JVS watches Champions League, man. I don't think. I, I don't I, think he saw the game. <laughs> I am not going to get into that into that discussion, but two Greek players stood out at the Santiago Bernabeu, beating Real Madrid. And they're not in the Greek national team for Georgia. We probably we can save that for another podcast, maybe when when we. Uh... <laughs> with pleasure, with pleasure, with pleasure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean it's it's a massive game. We've got Panathinaikos coming up this uh, this weekend. Stirner Seven says Sunday will be sold out. I'm super yeah. excited for that game. Um, who knows what we'll see? Probably a bit of rotation, uh, although it's the last game before the international break. So maybe we do see something reasonably similar. Um, Fetano says, keep Kolovos out of the ethnic key. Still some, still some harsh memories from like 2018, maybe. Because uh, we have so, coming so, in so there. many great wingers in the ethnic key. We're just, beat, we're just so much. We got Limnios. What a player he is. So many great wingers in the ethnic key. That's why. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, well, Masuras has to play. That's all I'm going to say for the Ethniki. That's all we have to, that's may, all we have to say I, about that. May, may I add just something about Panathinaikos, though? 
it's easy to expect Olympiacos to put together a five-star performance against Panathinaikos this coming weekend. It might be a bit of a hangover. Exactly. Excellent, Peter. What happened when Olympiacos defeated Manchester United at Kikareskakis in 2014? What happened later on, just a few days later? Oh, geez, Costa, you're, you're, you're checking my age here. I don't remember. Panathinaikos <laughs> destroyed Olympiacos 3-0 at the Karaiskakis. That's what happened. Yeah. What happened um, when Olympiacos... Uh, which game was that? It was, uh, it was red. When Olympiacos got the draw with Tottenham two years ago, what happened a few days later? Olympiacos drew with Panathinaikos at the Oaka and almost lost because Jose Sal caught a penalty uh, that night. So, guys... Do not underestimate Panathinaikos because he's. They are so much more uh, evolved now under Jovanovic. They have a great player in Vital, uh, and I'm glad to see this. I welcome uh, an evolved and improved Panathinaikos. Yeah, Greek, same here. Because Greek football and Olympiakos need a good Panathinaikos. Yeah, I mean, I, let me let me say this. I've been wanting to say this on the show for a very long time. Panathinaikos will always be Olympiakos' biggest opponent, and vice versa. Let me put it this way. If Olympiacos uh, go bankrupt and fall in the uh, third category of the, uh, of the Greek league and they're playing with kids because they just simply cannot afford real players, while Panathinaikos become stronger than ever, some uh, rich billionaire comes over, takes them over and brings in Haaland and Mbappé together, the Votanikos... If that's their new uh, their, their new ground, Votanikos, Leoforos, wherever they play, if they get Olympiakos in the Greek Cup, it's still going to be sold out. Yeah, the great Panathinaikos against a destroyed Olympiakos, the game is going to be sold out wherever they play. But if Bauk have the same fate as Olympiakos in the scenario, they go bankrupt and fall into the uh, into the conference, into the Greek conference, and draw Olympiakos in the cup. No one the Karaskaki will not be will not be sold out for this game. Panathinaikos are always going to be Olympiakos's biggest opponent. They are their Pepsi, Coca-Cola need Pepsi. McDonald's mm-hmm. need Burger King. That's why we want we all want a strong Panathinaikos just like we want a strong Olympiakos and hopefully Panathinaikos will re- will return to Europe real soon. Yep. And Costa Levoyanis agrees with you. They will always be our biggest rivals. And the thing is as well, that that example you brought up about if uh, if Panathinaikos buy Holland and Mbappe and, and we get thrown down to the third division, it, no matter what the circumstances, anything can happen in these games as well. Even without there being a hangover from the, the league, from the Europa League, even without all of that, in, in a game like this, you, you have to just throw away all your expectations. Anything can happen. These... These teams, they want it more. The fans want it more in in any sport, in any rivalry, but especially in a rivalry that is as as everlasting and hotly contested as Olympiacos versus Panathinaikos. You you cannot predict what will happen. You know, it doesn't matter who's been in better form. It doesn't matter anything. Last year we lost to Panathinaikos out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. We were, we were, uh, that was we were so much, <clears throat> we were in better form. We were the better team. Panathinaikos have been struggling, but they come in and beat us. This is how it happens. This is why it's a great rivalry. I expect Panathinaikos to play with a lot of heart. I expect Panathinaikos to uh, create a lot of hardship for Olympiakos. Because 
the thing is, Panathinaikos do have a lot of Greek players and they get the rivalry. They get it that when the time comes to play Olympiacos, you are going to play your heart out against this team. You are going to bust your ass against this team. And that's what I expect. If Olympiacos won underestimate Panathinaikos, then, when they, well, you know, good luck with that. Yep. But we will, of course, talk more about the game over the weekend. We'll, we'll probably have uh, someone be writing a pregame post for that game on the blog. We have, I believe, Stephen Kuduru is writing a postgame uh, blog post that will be out sometime tomorrow, hopefully. So a lot of fun stuff uh, coming out on the blog as well. Make sure to visit that, gate7intl.com. Um, anything else, Costa? I, I, uh, we yes, saw some... I would like to yeah. say something. Uh, Olbiakos are having a luxury player this season, and his name is Madika Mara. He yeah. is a luxury for Greek football and Olympiacos. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic, I believe, played a huge part in him not leaving earlier on because of uh, a lot of financial hardships for some of the biggest clubs in the world. The guy is just bossing midfield. Uh, he helps in defense. He helps in attack. Inspires so much confidence. Absolute top class from this player. And uh, we spoke about Masuras and how Olympiacos fans need to enjoy him while they can. Well, if that applies to Masuras once, it applies 20 times for Mati Kamara. I'm going to dare say this is probably his last ever season uh, for Olympiacos. Uh, I don't know if Napoli are going to come back. I don't know if the Premier League clubs are going to come back. Sheffield United wanted him. Watford wanted him as well. Kamara doesn't... He does he belong at Olympiacos, but he belongs also to something greater. He belongs to a European club for me. Yes. So enjoy him while you can, lads. He is a luxury player. Uh, and the kind of player, as I said, if which if, if Olympiacos solve the fullback situation, Gary Rodriguez proves to be a success, then Madi Camara will play will play a huge role in Olympiacos making that tiny little next big step in Europe. Yeah. But let's see what and, happens with Eidracht. Yeah, and Gary Rodriguez will be available if we make it through the group and everything. Maybe if he shows off in the Super League, he'll be able to come in and play some of those games in the knockouts. Costa Levoyanis uh, is asking about Mr. Haircut, Henry Onyekuru, uh, my new favorite summer signing. Um, he loves a game against Fenerbahce, as we said. But uh, Costa is asking for his thoughts about Henry. All jokes aside, um, I'm not going to be super negative on him. I think he didn't get a lot of touches, um, which some of maybe you can attribute to him. Some of you can attribute just the form, uh, the way the game went. It seemed like we were attacking a lot more down the right side today. Uh, and Henry was on the left when he got it. He didn't, you know, he seemed all right. Uh, didn't look super disjointed or anything, but um, I mean, I definitely expected to see more from him today. This was a game, especially in the first half where we were countering a lot. Uh, we know he's had success against these opponents in the stadium before, um, but yeah, I, I'd say a very middling performance. There's not, there's not much, uh, for me to say, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring a coat on set again, like I did last time for him. Um, yeah, we, we have another comment. Henry wasn't a winter coat that much today. Yeah, he was, he, he wasn't fantastic, but he also wasn't a coat. I don't know. What do you think, Costa? Uh, first off, I think it's amazing that we have uh, adapted the word palto into the English language. I think that is amazing and it's <laughs> incredible. Greek culture uh, just knows no borders. I love that. Uh, when Rezan Yetis said that um, in Turkey they expected Henry Onyekuru to be the big, their biggest threat because he loves 
a game against uh, Fenerbahce. I was quite baffled about it because I was thinking, do they know Mati Camara? Do they know Yorgos Masuras? Do they know Tikini? They've they been hurt too many times by Henry when he was with Galatasaray, I think. <laughs> okay, I'll admit, I didn't really watch Onyekuru in Turkey, but today he wasn't really uh, the most influential or inspirational player. But as you said, most of the games were being played down Masuras' wings. Uh, but when he got the ball, he wasn't too. He, he wasn't much of a difference maker. He still has ways to go to uh, to reach the desired level at Olympiacos. Uh, I am not going to knock him down. I do believe that uh, he does have quality. I do believe that if he works with Pedro Martins, Olympiacos could see some some something a lot more inspi- insp- inspiring out of him. But at the end of the day, he did play his role. It was a team effort. Um, uh, and, and, and most of the success obviously belongs to Pedro Martins. I'm telling you, that pressing in midfield, that's what did it. And he did read Fenerbahce really well. And that's what did it, the pressing in midfield. And it was all down Pedro Martins. Fuck's sake, I've muted myself. Um, <laughs> God damn it, That's what guys. it was. It's okay. Uh, uh, fucking hell. Nobody, thank you for the chat. God damn it, that was poor from me. But um, yeah, anyway, Henry, we will see. We will wait. The people in the chat uh, helped me out. Now we're getting like fucking 20 messages, lads. Like, oh my goodness, I'm embarrassed now. Um, anyway. <laughs> it's okay, uh, happens to the best. <laughs> so yeah, Henry Onyakuru, meh, we move on. Um, any Tiquinho. other questions? Oh, well, we haven't talked about. T- Let's talk about Tequino and then chat. If you have any questions, uh, and and if people keep telling me no sound, I'm gonna start getting mad. But uh, if you have any other questions about the game that you want us to talk about, send us a message in the chat, and we'll get to it. But let's talk about Tequino because we totally did forget. Um, you know, El Arabi not starting today. Maybe fitness concerns, whatever. Tequino, we did not we did not miss Youssef today because Tequino popped up with a very big goal. He was involved. Um, he he great hold up play all day as well, I would say. And then on the third goal, he really helped create it. He did a really good job to get the ball to and Agibu. the second, uh, the, and the second, second as well. Yeah. Um, well, the the third one was where he he passed it to Agibu and Agibu missed and Masuras uh, got yeah, it. Yeah, but the sure. second one, he wasn't. It was him who missed, and then Masura scored the rebound. Is that right? I I'm, either way. He, yeah. Well, um, the, the headline with Tikinio is simple. There is a successor to El Arabi. Olbiakos got a successor to El Arabi. El Arabi can go so far in his uh, in his age. He has given it all to Olbiakos. Um, he it's funny with El Arabi because when he played for ah, who was it? Who was it that he played? It wasn't Le Havre? He was playing in France. Who was Toulouse? it that he was? No. no, 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 it wasn't there to lose. Oh, I'm so embarrassed right now that I don't remember that. He was playing he was for Cayenne. Okay. He for Cayenne. While he was at Cayenne, he was approached by Lyon. And that was in the uh, late 2000s when they had a strong team. That was before Paris Saint-Germain got all those billions. And he turned them down. He went to, uh, to the Middle East to play for Al-Hilal. 
Then he went to Granada, where he was just incredible, incredible. He he still got a lot of offers, but for some reason he never made that big uh, that big step. So I mean, we spoke about Camara being a luxury player. El Arabi in the past two years has been a luxury player for Olympiacos, an incredible center forward who one day will have to uh, to leave the team and. But Olympiacos won't have to worry about who's going to be replacing Costiquinho has and has been proving that he is the right replacement for El Arabi. So we talked about goalkeepers getting it right with them. Olympiacos got it right with the center forwards as well. You know, there's quite... You, we can say a lot about Olympiacos' scouting this past summer, but those two positions are very important. Olympiacos have been aces right there. Well, and it's... We think back to the Tiquinho signing... We were all it was it was the biggest wild card of of the entire summer, right? Costa, like this guy was in China. We didn't know has he put on weight, has he played, is he fit? Um he comes in and yeah, there is a bit of rust, but immediately in the preseason we can see that he has that eye for goal, that he is a finisher, he can do it. He's what we're looking for, at least as a sub to play or maybe even to play in a, a, a two up top. Um, and then he gets injured and now, and he comes back and when he comes back, we see that he's, he's even more than what we were thinking he could be. Um, it's truly like he was a wild card and he turned out as good as we could have possibly imagined. I think, uh, he's been absolutely killing it with the goals in Greece and now in Europe, uh, and very, very excited to, to have him with us. Um, another question from i think it's olympiakos turkey uh they ask do you think we miss Mvila today um i mean we won three nil so can't say we missed him too much um you know obviously we want to make sure jan is healthy as possible we don't want to rush him back but we want to make sure that he's okay and and uh hopefully he can come back in the team because we will need him um Today, like as you said, Kosa, the midfield of of Kamara and Buhalakis played well today. Um, you know, it was a game when I, I didn't really miss Mvila that much, I would say. Um, but hopefully we can get him back. Well, Olympiacos didn't miss him in this game at all. I mean, the scoreline just says it itself. And if Mvila, I mean, if Mvila had been rushed back into the into it, you, Pedro Martins would have been risking a long-term injury to one of his best players in the team. So Pedro Martins made the made the absolutely uh, correct decision. Yes. And uh, if we could go back to Tikino just for just a very quick one, I never doubted his credentials, especially with Porto. He had a magnificent run with them. There was, it, I mean, Olympiacos cannot hope to bring in the biggest names or the biggest talents in the world, but they can hope of bringing in players who have shined in other uh, competitions and are not exactly reaching the twilight of their careers, but are kind of reaching it. Like El Arabi, for example. And in Greece, we love to knock down big players coming to the Greek league. We love to knock down Rivaldo when he joined Olympiacos. We loved knocking down Gilberto Silva when he joined Panathinaikos. We loved jo- uh, knocking uh, Gibril Sisse when he joined Panathinaikos, but they still uh, knocked it out of the park. Uh, never doubted Tiquinho, and uh, he proved to be um, he's proving to be uh, a very influential player and the right replacement for El Arabi. Absolutely, yeah. Another one from Olympiakos Turkey is Ruben Vinagre still alive? I believe yes. he 
played today? Is he in Europa League? Oh um, no, he's not. He's in Champions League. He yeah, he plays he's on the bench. He's with Sporting. A sporting, he's, yeah, of course. He, he's on the bench. A little, a little nice Olympiacos Easter egg. They have opted to play Mateus Rice, former left back transfer target, ahead of Ruben Vinagre. So he's yes. been he's really been making his mark on their team. Love to see it. Not surprised. He's such a great player. Um, and then one more question from Dio Brando. What do you think about Martin's formation to be specific Masuras as a right back? I mean, to be honest with you, I really didn't see Masuras as a right back today. I saw him more as a right winger and, and Ba as well as Lala as the right back. Yeah. Um, so I was surprised to see that. We chatted about it a little bit at the beginning. Surprised to see Ba in, on the right. Uh, he definitely did not look like he should be there. Um, but the, the change was quickly made and Kenny Lala came in. And after that, uh, it was a much more traditional formation. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess what I would have to say about it. Just don't do it again. Just, you know, Pedro, just Martin, don't do it again. Know, never do it. Again. It was fun. You know, it was exciting. You know, kept everyone on their toes, you know, I made it interesting, but don't do it again. Totally agree. Um, well, I don't see any more questions. Yeah. Well, what actually, about What about Papastathopoulos? It was very quiet from him, but he was, he was clinical in his marking, wasn't he? I mean, the thing with defenders is a lot of times when it's quiet, it means they've done well, right? You know, we didn't we didn't notice anything. Yeah, he was but... he was the only one who did not get a yellow card of the back line today. So um, we have to we have to appreciate him for that. But um, yeah, no, I think he played well today. I, I shouldn't complain about him not being in the Greek national team, right? We're saving it for another pod. I, we'll save it. We'll save, we'll save it. it. We'll save it. Okay, good, good. Agelos says Papastathopoulos out. He is so bad. I didn't think he was that bad today, but no, maybe it's wasn't. just me. He um, wasn't bad. He wasn't bad I, at all. I think him and Cissé both both did what they had to do. Yes, Mus exactly. Muscarius says, what happened with the Polish kid, Karbovnik? Why didn't he play? It's a question we don't know the answer to. We were all very surprised to see Lala. Maybe maybe there's uh, an issue with... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Karbovnik played against Antwerp, didn't he, last uh, last time out in Europe? So maybe did. maybe there's some some sort of fitness concern that we don't know about or something. It's hard to say, but um, well, Kenny Lala came got, in and did the job. Yes. He got the job done, but the thing is, the media are not taking part in any team's training session. So exactly. you don't know what happened in the training sessions leading to this game. Maybe Kenny Lala did prove to be the right choice during training, maybe Karbovnik didn't. It's so, there are games that call for for certain players, and some games that don't call for certain players. The best example is Otto Rehagel at Euro 2004, when he would change Kostas Katsuranis uh, and Jurka Setaric to centre back for certain games because he thought they were the right guys to mark those big stars like Thierry Henry, Zinedine Zidane, Pavel Nedved. Etc. Some games call for certain players, some don't. This game called for Kenny Lalad right back. It definitely did not call for Usain Nuba. Maybe it didn't call for Mikhail Karbovnik. Well, and Kosta points out as well that um, Karbovnik is is a bit weak. He's not very strong, as as yeah. Adi pointed out during the deep dive, as we've seen a little bit. There you go. And you go. and Ener Valencia's, you know, he's a very strong physical attacker, so maybe it would have been difficult for Karbovnik in this game. So that makes a little bit of go. sense as well. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, Martins. Mar we'll we'll say that was what Martins was thinking. But anyway, um, I think it's about time for man of the match and coach's grade, Costa. It's just the two of us today, but. Um, and I think we've sort of already uh, tipped our man of the match. Uh, 
Masuras, it has to be, I think, you know, he was brilliant. He scored two goals. He assisted the other one. Uh, but, you know, we have to shout out Lala. We do have a couple comments about Lala. Um, Elio Skashi says Lala was pretty good. He started a couple counters by himself. And then Kharpatsas, uh, I think Lala had a solid game, to be fair. He played some nice passes and did some nice skills on the line. Absolutely. I agree. Let's hope we see more of him. Uh, Agibu Kamara also deserves recognition, in my opinion. Vachalik also deserves recognition. And Tikinio also deserves recognition for me. All of them played great. Uh, and for coach's grade, uh, I really, I'm going to give him an A. Uh, the reason it's not an A plus is because the decision to start bot right back is a bit puzzling for me, but I think he got just about everything else right. Uh, very well done for Martins to choose to have the players applying lots of pressure against a, uh, against a Fenerbahce side that was not ready for it. Um, the rest of the personnel worked out really well. He didn't, you know, rush back El Arabi. He didn't rush back Mvila. And he, you know, it ended up being completely fine, uh, which is the nice decision to make in that situation. So for me, Martins gets an A. What do you think, Costa? Well, uh, back to the man of the match. Obviously, it's Yorgos Masuras. The match of his life. That was the match of his life. We have to say uh, that, yeah. He is not, he's not taking the mantle from Costas Fortunis because Costas Fortunis is just injured. He'll be back. But... He is the standout Greek player of this team. And every team needs this. They need that native player who's going to hold the bar sky high. He's going to be the, the talking point of this he's team. He's captain right material now. as well. Buhalakis, we know, is the captain because he's you know more experienced. But Masuras is captain material for me. And he's the talking point right now at Olympiacos. Well, he can be, at least. Costas Fortunis has been for all those years. And you need that in every team. That's And, and that's why it makes sense that Olympiacos never sold him and probably never will. He's going to be like a Predrag Georgievic kind of player, Fortunis. But Masuras is the talking point right now. So uh, that was a great game for him, but he needs to keep up the good work. Now, to the grade, I am going to give Pedro Martins an A minus, and that goes for that right back decision, which I do not understand. And I really hope you're a bit more harsh than I was. I really hope he doesn't try this again. It's it's like skydiving what he did, right? It's something good for one time. Let's do it one time, and Don't then let's do never again. do it again. Just we were, you know, the parachute went off. You know, nobody got hurt. Now let's go back to enjoying the terra firma. So. That was it, really, uh, from Pedro Martins, because I also didn't like the passing. I have to say, uh, two years ago, Libiacos were passing the ball, playing out, out the back, and just looking so impressive against teams like Bayern Munich, Arsenal, and Tottenham, playing them as equals, uh, whereas, and Wolves as well. Whereas now, we are struggling to pass the ball around, even yes. against less, you know, less opposition inferior opposition even and two weeks ago we were having these struggles against la mia right you know and that's that's worrying yes he gets the a because uh olibiakos won and they won you know in a dominating fashion but there are still some uh some things that need to be addressed well there we go man of the match coaches grade are done um any last questions people get to them right now in the chat because we're pretty much wrapping up but i just want to say thank you so much everybody for tuning in what an absolute game to watch. So much fun. I was jumping up and down. I love Masura so much. What a player he is. Can't wait for this weekend. We're going to have more content out, podcast right after the game. Make sure to subscribe, everybody. We've got a lot of people in. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe for more. We do this for every single Olympiacos game and more. We have pregame for the big matches. We do all sorts of stuff. 
maybe some special guests coming soon as well. Not that Costa isn't a special guest, but we mean like former Olympiacos <laughs> players. Hopefully some of that stuff coming in soon as well. So keep your eyes on our channel. Make sure to click subscribe, turn on your notifications so you don't miss any of it. Make sure to leave a like and comment and all that good stuff as well. Share with your friends who love Olympiacos or football. Um, and, you know, visit the blog, gate7intl.com for more content about the game. But that's about all. We do have one more question. Did you guys like Kunde? I think he was also good. Yes, I did like Kunde. Kunde is, is great. I, I, uh, I'm a big fan. I want to see more of him. Always happy to see him in the team. Great runs from Kunde. Ever since he joined, we saw some really good runs. Good definitely passing. potential there, but he is not Madika Mara's replacement. Guys, Madika no. Mara is almost definitely leaving in the summer, and Olympiacos are going to need a replacement for them. Luckily, we have another year to figure that out. Um, but anyway, thanks so much, everyone. Thank you, Costa, for coming and joining me. Uh, it was invite. a fun time. Coming back this weekend with uh, Panathinaikos game. Huge derby. First derby of the year in Greece. We are all very excited. Until then, enjoy the rest of the night, folks. Big result. Party long and, uh, and have fun. We'll see you on the weekend. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL, give us a subscribe on YouTube, or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city, and our story. Thrilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.